Welcome to Right on Track, a songwriting podcast. Thanks to Tone for tuning in. I'm Demi Michelle Schwartz, and I'm thrilled you're joining me on my songwriting journey. So kick back and relax, don't fall flat, and remember, stay right on track. Welcome back to Right on Track. If you know me, you know I love collaborating with other podcasters. I've had quite a few on the show already, but today I am joined by the co-hosts of Outside the Circle. Please welcome Ronnie and Brian. Hey guys. Hey Demi, thanks for having us. Yeah, this is great. Of course, I'm so excited to have you both. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Uh, you know, a hot hockey season just started and the Penguins are, are doing well so I'm excited. Fabulous. Well I'm thrilled you both are joining me today. Before we dive into our chat can you share with the listeners a little about yourselves individually and then how you decided to start Outside the Circle? Sure Uh, I guess I'll go first. So um, I'm Ronnie and um, I'm born and raised in New Jersey. Uh, Spent some time moving to different parts of the country which ultimately is what led me to finding a, I guess, passion for, for country music. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about myself other than we, uh, yeah, we're at this point now. Yeah. So, uh, Brian Hopkins, I, I'm originally from Northern New York. I used to say upstate New York until I moved down here to Jersey and, uh, for all the New Jersey people, when I say upstate New York, they think like Poughkeepsie, New York, which is, uh, quite south of, of where I am uh, originally from. So uh, yeah, Northern New York, I uh, moved down to Jersey when I was 20 and um, stayed down here ever since. Uh, got a gig working, I'm an audio engineer full-time and uh, got a gig doing corporate sound. But um, yeah, I got my uh, passion in music pretty early in life, uh, picked up a guitar and uh, started singing just around around the house and for uh, friends and family uh, that led me to Nashville where my cousin and mentor was a uh, audio engineer and got me into it. But uh, yeah, upon moving to Jersey, I felt the urge to start up a band and uh, our we're, we're good with names, man. I don't know if you, if you noticed this, Ronnie, we're, we're pretty yeah. solid with, uh, with, with names, but uh, yeah, our, uh, our country band name was the front porch rockers. And uh, we, <laughs> We, uh, I, so I put this band together, did a, uh, what any, any newcomer to an area would do is, uh, put a ad on Craigslist looking for musicians. And, uh, Ronnie was one of our, one of the guys that answered back for a bass player. And, uh, man, we hit it off pretty, pretty instantly on, uh, on all fronts as far as, uh, music wise and, and, uh, hockey. We're, we're, we're both huge hockey fans. So, uh, yeah, we 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 kind of kicked that off, and as Ronnie said, he kind of moved all over the place. And when he finally landed back here, he came to me with the idea of outside the circle, and uh, came up with another good name for a podcast. And, and <laughs> it, was, it was it was good. So you both are definitely drawn to country music. So what is it about country that draws you to that genre? For me. I actually, like, I didn't grow up on country music, um, it really only within the last, like, uh, maybe 10 years or so, um, 
growing up, I was very into like the punk and the, the pop punks and the, the screaming metal and, you know, all that stuff. Um, one of my friends actually years ago sat me down and he's like, hey, I have to play these three songs for you. And the three songs were Brad Paisley's Letter to Me, uh, Garth Brooks' Thunder Rolls, and um, Don't Take the Girl, uh, Tim McGraw. Um, he played those three and, and instantly I was hooked. And I mean, it really just comes down to the storytelling and the, the I'm a big lyric person. And if you could tell me a good story or, or you know, give me a good, if you could evoke emotion out of me, then I feel like country music definitely, definitely does that. Yeah, for me, it was, I grew up with it. I, in our household, there was no other choice but country music. So for the longest time, I didn't even know there was other genres. I remember, <laughs> I remember like a rap song for the first time and I was like well into my teens and I was like, wow, this is insane. Like, <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, I mean, country music was always something for me. I, uh, I was that one kid in high school that when everyone was really rocking out the stuff, I still had, you know, the Garth Brooks, the, the Alan Jacksons and stuff still rocking in my, uh, my car. But um, yeah, it was always, it was always something that, that I could relate to. I grew up in the middle of the sticks in a log cabin. So it was, it was always music that I connected to, you know, on a personal level. And then, the greatest thing that I always thought about country music is country music was never made for a young artist. So as I've gotten older, uh, I've kind of realized that, you know, within the lyric, within, you know, really great hooks and stuff like that, that um, the connection to the music and the connection to that lyric has, has become quite, quite something that I'm, I'm fond of. And I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm just into it. It's, it's, it's in every being of me of, of country music. <laughs> I love that. I think like I grew up listening to pop music a lot, so I was kind of the opposite. Where in my world it was like, oh, pop is the only genre that exists, and then I discovered country, and I think as a songwriter. It's really cool because, like Ronnie was saying, it's like the lyrics that bring the emotion and really draw you in. And with my English and creative writing background as well, like I feel like I'm really drawn to the storytelling and the lyrics, which isn't as big as an emphasis in pop music as country. And so when I started to dig deeper into who I am as an artist, I started to, I started to pull the lyric writing and the storytelling from country and bring in some of the pop elements in the production to kind of have unique pop country crossover sound. And so I completely agree, like the storytelling is so important. And when you really listen to what the lyrics are saying in country music, they talk about things that aren't really talked about in other genres that are important things, meaningful things. And I think that's definitely a genre that is close to many people's hearts and I am honored to be part of it. Yeah, you know what I love too about it is that it's generally specific. And and me saying that is that it could be specific. The songwriter could be writing about a specific event, a specific thing that happened to their own life. And you don't have to live that life to be connected to that music. I would say to kind of piggyback that, I so 
I was definitely one of the first in, at least in my immediate circle that, that started listening to country and getting into country. And it was about like, you know, the lyrics and all that. And everybody would be like, Oh, why, why are you listening to this now? Like total 180 from the, the growling and, and mosh pits and all that. And I was, I was very, everybody, you, you don't, why, why do you look like you don't live this life you don't know this stuff you don't know and i always would find a song that would relate to that person and then now everybody's listening to it because <laughs> um, yeah you're right i i didn't grow up that way or or know those things um but i know a good story i know emotion and i know the we all feel the same things and country music gets that out of people. Absolutely. Fantastic. So I think it's incredible that both of you started outside the circle because you're able to take your own personal love and connections with country music and talk to songwriters and artists that are creating that music today. So what has that experience been like for both of you? For So for me... The the whole reason why I wanted to start this podcast in particular, so it actually, I was living in Pittsburgh at the time as I started like kind of wanting to get into podcasting in general and not really sure where I was going to go with it. And like Brian said, we were playing in a band a couple of years prior to that and we stopped because I moved to Pittsburgh. And then um, when I, when I knew I was coming back, I knew I had to, get back into music and you know I, I play bass but I'm you know I don't consider myself a musician or you know I, I just dabble in it I guess um, so for me I knew that I wasn't going to be like up on a stage somewhere playing you know whatever um, I actually took like music as a business classes back in college I, I was going to go that route in in like record labels, management, like that type of stuff. So when this came into to fruition, I guess, um, for me, it's all about the connection. Um, I know that I'm not going to be playing anywhere, but I know that um, the people we meet are the people that I want to associate with and um, you know, we, we've been very lucky. We're 74 episodes in and we've had amazing guests and, and I mean, you were one of them and we, uh, it, it's, it, to, to me, it's all about the making the connections in the industry and it's keeping me connected to music without me playing it anymore. Yeah. I, I, same in a way that, uh, that Ronnie's saying for, uh, for us, you know, the biggest thing that when we decided to start outside the circle is that when Ronnie and I would go to country shows around here, we were like the first at the door. We were excited to see the opening acts and uh, we felt that those opening acts were some of the most important, you know, people that needed that needed a following, needed to be, you know, promoted in one way or another. And uh, the the name outside the circle just means, you know, right now that they're outside of the Grand Ole Opry circle and still trying to get inside of that. So in any way that we can help, uh, you know, we we are we are all about the opening acts to show. So that was that was our biggest our biggest draw. I love that. So inspiring and the name too. It just says so much 
because I think that, you know, stepping into the circle is every country artist's dream, right? And I think we're all trying to get there, but your focus is on the artists who haven't made it there quite yet, but are still making waves of their own. And I love too how, Ronnie, you were talking about how it's all about the connection. I completely agree. And that's something that I didn't feel as much like in the pop world, and I still don't, is a lot of the focus is more on the flashiness and the competition and all of that, whereas country music is so family based and I think that when you're able to make connections in the industry with these incredible people who either are making the music or are behind the scenes at the record labels or managers or venues or whatever they're all there for the music at the end of the day and I think it's really important to make those connections in a genuine way and continue to nourish them as time goes on and continue to build your own inner circles if you want to use those words. But also, I think, like, another side of this with hosting the podcast and being a part of the music industry in general is professionalism. So what are some things that come to mind when you hear professionalism that you think is really important for anybody in the music industry to always remember? I got one. So uh, for, for me, it's it's completely unbiasedness. Um, I have, you know, what I like in, in country music, but, you know, we don't get anywhere as a genre or as, you know, people or anything with just, you know, spewing only what we like or becoming an echo chamber of exactly what we like to see and hear. So for us, what we've been able to do with the, with the podcast is be able to open our arms to every subgenre of country music and allow them to speak their mind, get our listeners to know who they are as people. And uh, I think that's, that's one of the biggest things is that, you know, we could go on there and I'm not going to swear, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we could go on there and trash talk, uh, you know, a whole bunch of different, you know, genres of, of music and, and, you know, downplay a bunch of stuff. And, you know, maybe early on we did just because, you know, what we wanted is we want those, you know, the up and coming country artists to, you know, to be seen, to be heard. So, uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's our biggest thing is that, you know, we come into it with open arms. We don't care what kind of country music that, that you decide to write and play and sing. Uh, we are here for you. We're here to support you. And, and I think I think that is huge. As you were saying that a couple of things came to mind um, for again, I guess on the, the business side of the industry, the networking has been probably my most involved part of me, I guess. I, I don't know the right word to say that, but um, so like just that professionalism of, of meeting people, giving the, the right impressions, the, the good first impressions, you know, all that. Um, which then translates into something we preach very much on the podcast is um, authenticity, right? Like we, we want the artists that join us to be as authentic and themselves as they possibly can be, because that's what people relate to. And I think, again, speaking on the business side, I think that gets lost a lot in, in corporate side of music, the business side of music. Um, so I think like in my own little way, like the connections I've been making, I've been trying to bring like authenticity into it and, and kind of 
I don't know, maybe reshape the way people think about things. I love that. Well, shout out to you for the authenticity. This is a pro-authenticity podcast. I probably say it every time, if not like every other. I think that's so important. That's a really interesting perspective because now that I'm thinking about it, like there are some interactions I've had with like publicists and managers for setting up interviews for the podcast where they were professional to the point where it was like so professional where there was like no personality very like as if you're reading a resume kind of thing um but I do agree with you that professionalism it definitely has like the business side with you know like be on time be you know respectful in emails all of that that would be the same in any job or anything but I think the unique thing about the music industry is that it's so creative. It's a creative music industry. We also have to put ourselves into our work, what we're doing to draw interest to what we're doing. And that definitely requires personality. And literally like every interaction I have with the people who are like really close to my team, like graphic designer and my musicians, my producer, like we have laughs, we have a fun time, we mess around, but we know how to be professional and get work done when we need to and so I love that perspective of like being authentic and being yourself while also making sure to be professional at the same time yeah so you said something before that I kind of wanted to backtrack on um which kind of has to deal with with what you were just saying too um you mentioned the word community before and one of the things that drew me to country music to begin with was well I guess if I if I back up from there growing up playing in the bands that I played in and, and the music that I played um you wrote your own songs and and you played your own songs and you recorded your own songs there there was no song I didn't know what songwriting was as a as a career as a um you know what I mean like like it it didn't exist outside of just writing for yourself. Um, I think that's what draws me the most to country music now is that, is that, you know, somebody could write a great song and be like, you know what, actually, this person would sound better singing it. And there's no ego. I mean, I'm sure people have egos, of course, but there's no ego and there's no, like, it's a community of putting out the best product, even if that doesn't mean it's you being the one putting it out. No, I think, I think you're right. I mean, you're right on with the, uh, the community and, and, you know, Ronnie, you have one of those really great stories too, when you were loading out for, what was it? Darius. Oh, right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, he just, he just jumped right down to the pit and was rolling cases along with everybody. I mean, you know, Ronnie and I started the, this podcast as, a side job, a side gig for us. You know what I mean? We don't make money off of this when we're not the here, you know, to be the most, you know, uh, famous people. We're not trying to be the next Joe Rogan. It would be nice, but we're not, that's not what we're trying to do. Uh, our biggest thing is to just co constantly push these artists to, to build that community, to be, you know, a friendly face and, and, uh, you know, also to circle back on the, uh, professionalism side you know, we, we, we're not curing cancer and we're not doing anything like that. So why not have a few laughs at it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So another thing I wanted to chat with both of you about is how you're kind of starting to take on a little of a manager artist role with Ronnie managing you, Brian. So 
how has that been just hearing from both of you because i think it's really interesting you can hear all these stories about artists finding somebody to manage them and a manager kind of helping to develop an artist and being that person to oversee their career so for each of you in your individual roles how has that been like having the other and also with the relationship side how do you keep that as a business relationship while also maintaining your friendship as well so I'll start by saying that it's it's fairly new um so you're we're not so deep into it yet um as as just kind of the the intro to it um but long story short I just kept bugging him and eventually he just agreed. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I took, I took music as a business classes and um, I've always been more interested in the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, I've helped book tours for a couple of friends bands um, when I was living out in California. So like I, I've always, I like watching the product come together and it really just took a lot of me bringing it up and eventually Brian getting sick of me asking. And, and now here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's basically that, uh, there was, you know, I have, I love to play music and I love to play in front of people and perform. Um, but what I don't have is, you know, the allotted time to sit down and try to book myself to different gigs and do the whole social media thing. Um, I have a two-year-old son, and for any parents of two-year-olds, know exactly how involving that is. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I had you know answered Ronnie's you know calls about you know him wanting to manage and stuff, and I was like, all right, man. I was like, let's do it. Let's um, I'll start to you know get my stuff together and and start playing and writing a little more, and uh, you just take over all the other stuff and that's exactly what he's done and you know i'm sure i'm sure there there's going to be disagreement but with, <laughs> with ronnie and i i mean i mean we love each other you know to death i mean he's a brother of mine so uh you know we could have our disagreements but at the end of the day we're we're, we're both trying you know we have the same end goal and uh i think i think that for an artist trying to find the right manager is to find that person that believes so much in you that the end goal is the same. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think we got it. I love what you said there. And I think it's so cool hearing how this is something that's still new for both of you. You're not extremely into this yet, but you also have this mindset that, okay, we're friends. We love each other, but down the road, there are going to be disagreements. Like that's just part of business. And I think that ties back to the professionalism conversation as well with like, when you have dis disagreements, you know that you are both on the same path. You want the same end goal. And I think having those conversations, being open to each other's opinions and being open to what you feel you need as an artist, Brian, but also Ronnie with what you feel would be suitable as like the manager and having those conversations and finding an agreement and a common ground and making those business decisions. I think that's really important because I think there are a lot of people I put myself in this category. I don't have a manager yet because I'm very opinionated. I like what I want with my music is what goes. <laughs> and um, I have a really, really close friend who 
does my website and my graphic design and he's been telling me like yeah to me like I maybe I'll manage you one day but right now you are not manageable <laughs> because you're too opinionated and so I think like I definitely need to break out of that a little bit. So I, I really applaud both of you for having that mindset because I feel like I'm still a young artist. Like I started writing in 2017. I released my first single in 2019. So it's only been three years. Um, I'm only releasing my second project now and I'm still finding my sound. And Brian, you've been doing this way, way longer than me. And so I think it's also giving an artist a chance to fail hit walls find out what works what doesn't until they're ready for that yeah the uh one of my favorite quotes to finding sound was uh i think it was john mayer where he said the failure to sound like his uh mentors is what led him to his own sound and i think you know i kind of live that that mentality quite often as you know as I, I tried to sound like so many things throughout, you know, my life of, of playing and singing. And I'm to the point now where I just, I, when I play, I just play exactly how I want to sound and, and, and everything that it sounds easier than, <laughs> than maybe I'm trying to say it because when you hear the radio or when you're singing to a song on the radio, you're, you're mimicking, you know, all of those mannerisms and, uh, and, and sentences and, and everything. So when you're, when you have a guitar in your hand, you're stepping in front of the microphone, it's ultimately you. And, uh, to sound like you is a hard journey to find. And it, and man, you trip up a whole hell of a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Well, so, so there's that authenticity again. Um, you know, I, I think, I think what's going to work well for us in particular is I know that as long as you, Brian, are being authentic in what you want to play and put out and, and you know, all that, um, I hate to say it, but, like, I don't care about the music. I care that you're doing what you want to do and I'm helping you do that. Um, so, like, you can tell me tomorrow you want to be in a metal band or a Taylor Swift cover band. I'm going to tell you okay. <laughs> um, so, it, it's... I, I think that that's probably where, um, you know, to, to backtrack on our friendship, those long 4 a.m. whiskey-driven <laughs> conversations in, in the basement, in, you know, where you used to live, like, um, I, I think we learned real quick that we definitely, you know, have the same goal, like you said, and um, I think that authenticity is what's going to, like that's what's gonna drive it and, and work and, and yeah fabulous well good luck to both of you on this journey I can't wait to see where it takes both of you this is so exciting and it was an absolute honor having both of you on the show before you go can each of you share one piece of advice for any aspiring independent artists Ooh, so funny enough, we, we've always asked this on, on our show. <laughs> I've never had to think about it. Um. <laughs> I have one. I remember when I, my first trip to Nashville, um, it was in, in a recording studio that my cousin was the lead engineer on. And uh, I had just stepped out to go grab a cup of coffee in the galley or the kitchen. And uh, 
there was another artist there and he was, you know, tuning guitar or whatever. So, you know, I just got to small talking with him and he had said something to me that it, it, I, I still kind of feel to this day that the only person that stands uh, between you and your goal is yourself. And uh, if you can conquer yourself and, and any fears and, and anything like that, then there's, there's nothing and nobody that can stop you doing it. So before Brian mentioned that I have a Darius Rucker story, and I, I think that this story ultimately leads to the best advice that I think that somebody could get. Um, so I used to do load in and load out for, for um, concerts, for venues, and um, Darius Rucker comes to town. He's got his six 18-wheelers of equipment and, you know, all that. Um, we set up, they play the show, we're breaking down. I'm bringing a, a what do you call them, a road case. I got, it was a lighting fixture. I was bringing it up the, the back into the ramp to put on the truck. And I was going up this little ramp and he stepped, Darius Rucker stepped out of his um, room, his green room, wherever he was. And he's like, oh, let me give you a hand with that. And I was like, what? Like, you're Darius Rucker. Like, no, I got it. It's okay. <laughs> Um, and he's like, no, 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 let me give you a hand. And and he, as nice as he could be, um, like, oh, you're you're part of the local crew. Because, you know, they travel with their own people. He's like, you're part of the local crew. I said, yeah. And he, he's like, man, he goes, you guys have such a such a hard job. And the, the fact that you show up every night and put, put these shows on for us. And, and, you know, I could tour the world with an acoustic guitar. Or I could have people helping and and getting me further along and um so just understanding that you know it's not just about you or you know building that team of, of people around you um you know it takes a village right that we we all hear that saying for many things um this is definitely an, an industry that takes a village and uh you know go out and find your village yeah be nice yeah, yeah. And be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Such a great story and great piece of advice from both of you. Thank you so much again for joining me. Where can everybody check out Outside the Circle and connect with you online? Yeah. So uh, I guess we have three socials to, to plug. Um, so Outside the Circle podcast is at Outside the Circle podcast on all of the social medias. Um and outside the circle podcast.com. Um, the, for my stuff on the management side, um, you could find that for front porch media management group, at FP media, MGMT on all the social medias. And then, uh, and then Brian's stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I, honestly, Ronnie, you should say it cause you set it all up, but, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's just uh V hop country on, uh, Facebook, Instagram. I, I think you set up a TikTok. I'm, I, I haven't figured it out yet, but I set one up. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm still not on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. I, I guess I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both so much again for joining me. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Ronnie and Brian from Outside the Circle. And of course, until next time, stay, stay right, right on, on track. track.